Gang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domain Media. We have one of the best guests, one of the most accomplished guests in quite some time, Rishi Kesh Hiraway of Song Exploder, of 1AM Radio. He's also known for his wildly successful podcast with Samin Nosrat, Home Cooking. He also has this podcast, The West Wing Weekly. I have never listened to it, unfortunately, because I've never seen an episode of West Wing. <laughs> but Chris is like one of the biggest fans of West Wing. I, I'm a super how is fan. that possible? I've never seen The Office. Never seen West Wing. Never but seen like, uh, of are those intentional? The Office. No. We're talking about this. You just like you just missed it. You just missed The Office. When entirely? did West Wing come out? Ninety nine. Let me you tell you cooking. why I'm no watch it. I was living in Japan and I was cooking, and yeah, I have no idea what happened from 1999 <laughs> to like 2012 or 2014. <laughs> Cultural things. No idea. Yeah. Right. Thursday nights or whatever. Guess what? I worked every Thursday night for (laughs) decade plus. No idea. You didn't see any must-see TV. Yeah. He has a new song coming out with JSOM and is titled Home. And he's also going on tour. He's going to be hitting a lot of the East Coast cities and then later on the West Coast. But the song came out yesterday. Correct, Chris? That's right. Just drop. There's a music video. You'll see it in our uh, our newsletter, The Fixer. And Song Exploder is an amazing TV show uh, with, with made with Morgan Neville. Um, you should check it out. It's 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 what the podcast is, but just on a visual level, it's going into detail as to why an artist came up and how they executed the song. And uh, his podcast is he's one of the OGs in making podcasts as well. So. Uh, we're, we're extremely excited to have Rishi on here. Uh, I will say that we, we talk not just about making dinner playlists, which is what this, this, uh, he was supposed to come on here to do, and you can check out his playlist. And I mean this, we say this repeatedly throughout the podcast. It's an extraordinary playlist. So and good. I've made a ton and I have no idea about any of the, the new bands these days, but he put a lot of work into it. I really suggest you guys check it out and you'll listen to, um, Chris Yang explained why he listens to this playlist and he feels a uncontrollable urge to get naked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's I'm sorry good. guys. If you want to turn off the podcast and never listen to it again, I'm, I'm just giving you fair warning. There is some um, not safe for work material in about 20, 30 minutes in. And if you don't want to have the visuals of big boy Asian clubs naked, you should turn off the podcast and not listen to it anymore. <laughs> so, uh, but if you do, fair warning. Don't <laughs> say that. I didn't warn you. <laughs> fair warning. But um, you know, it means a lot. Like the, the playlist is great. Check out his new song and uh, all all of his work. All right, here's Ishi. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else, like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit, where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to, though. But take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. 
Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. We're joined with Rishikesh Hirway, uh, the host and creator of Song Exploder, award-winning podcast and Netflix show with our good friend Morgan Neville. And Richie, you got into like food podcasting. You have a wildly successful one that was only supposed to be four-parter with Samin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now Chris and I have to do a, a music podcast to capture <laughs> your food podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Surprise. This is, a real, this is some real gotcha journalism. We, we saw that you were coming for our territory and Dave's like, fuck this guy, man. We got to do a music podcast. Then. Let's get this guy. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I, I, I got to know, I became a, a, tell me if this is where most people know you from or not Rishi, but like, mm-hmm. honestly, my introduction to you was my wife was like, Hey, you crazy West wing guy. There's a West wing <laughs> weekly podcast. Do you know about this? His other podcast, Dave, where him and Josh Molina did an episode by episode recap of every episode of the West wing. I have uh, uh, I have to admit something. I have never watched an episode of The West Wing. <laughs> oh no! And I've never watched an episode of The Office. I've never seen an episode of Law and Order. Oh no! Oh no! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I have to tell you right off the bat, Rishi. I have no idea about anything other than Martin Sheen's in it. Oh, you don't have to apologize to me. It's funny. I think Chris said, "You know, is this how most people know you?" Because I actually no, I, I would say no. But for the people who <laughs> love The West Wing. That's the most significant thing that I've done. <laughs> but it was like, it's cool. It was a cool moment for me. It's like that moment where you're like, oh, other people have this fetish. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm the only yeah. one who dresses yeah. up like a, a mascot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, let me ask you this, though. If Dave, can Dave start watching The West Wing now? I can't watch it anymore. I think it's I too know. fantastical now. I don't now. know that you can. You can't you know, watch it anymore, right? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little hard to watch a show. It's a little hard to watch that show, uh, you know, in light of where we are now. Wait, what, what, what happened on this show? That makes it so <laughs> no, I'm curious. <laughs> it's too idealistic, I think, in, in some ways. Sometimes it's really nice and you can you can watch. If you're watching it with like a sense of fantasy, maybe maybe it's okay. But, you know, there. what I loved about it 20 years ago when I, when I was watching it for the first time was this idea of like it presented what government could be as this kind of place where people who disagreed could into could disagree with each other intelligently and articulately and and talk about things and there and you know sometimes you have to make compromises um you have to uh compromise your ideals but but you move the you move the needle slightly forward you know bit by bit um towards progress and i just thought that was it felt like idealistic but it also felt pragmatic and it felt really i don't know it was a really wonderful way to imagine the a way the world could work but it's it's extremely naive now when you know when when the differences were were like around you know smaller government versus bigger government instead of you know does the rule of law exist or not <laughs> right right so like uh, when you're listening to Sonic Explorer or watching or you're choosing somebody to be 
to ex- who's <laughs> choosing a song to explode. Do you sort of have to have like a baseline of like demos exist, old emails exist? Like there's a version of this that is recorded before anybody has heard it. Is that sort of like the baseline of what you need in order to do it? Yeah, I mean the the real baseline that if there are old demos, that's awesome. The real baseline is like being able to have the um have the isolated tracks of the recording so you can mm-hmm. listen to sort of all the different individual instruments and layers on their own. Um, so that the artist can say, I was thinking about this when I made this part. You know, what are the actual ingredients in the in the song? You want to be able to play each of those individually and appreciate them on their own so that at the, at the end, when you hear the whole song, you can sort of hear those different parts. Because I, I was thinking about this a little bit in terms of like food, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, you just said ingredients. And I was thinking about like when we were, when, when Dave was working on his his memoir and we were talking about some of the, you know, OG Momofuku stuff, you know, it was really, it's fascinating to hear you talk about it, Dave, but do you think that you would have, like, what what would be the kitchen equivalent of demo tapes for, like, recipes and dishes that you came up with? Is there anything like that in the kitchen, like drawings or original photos or anything like that? I mean, in the early days, they were just, like, quick emails, Mm -hmm. and you would just send an email to yourself, or everybody had, like, a black moleskin notebook, but, you know, I actually had all of those, but that got lost in Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, I lost right. so much junk. Um, and now I think people just take photos. But before the the, the iPhone and, and taking photos of your food, you would have to, like, describe it and draw out the dish, like, you know, sketch out a dish. And that's how it all happened. But I don't think anybody does that anymore, quite frankly. Hmm. Hmm. I have to tell you both something. Um, I don't know if you, if you're aware of this, but I but like my history with you, Dave, actually goes back a little further um, uh, on on my side. At one point, I was thinking about trying to make a podcast spinoff of Song Exploder called Cookie Exploder, <laughs> uh, where I was going to go through go to different cities. It started off as like a joke on on Reddit. Someone you know in an AMA, someone was like, "If you weren't making the podcast, you were making what?" podcast would you make? And my answer was, I'm going to go to 10 cities. I'm going to find the best cookie in each of those cities. And then I'm going to interview the creators of those cookies about the creative process. And it'll be called Cookie Exploder. And (laughs) people, like a bunch of people (laughs) responded. They're like, I would listen to that. And as I thought about it, I got excited about it. And I was like, maybe, could I actually do this as a thing? I had a cookie in mind. I was like, well, let me start in LA because I know which cookie is my favorite cookie in LA. It was a cookie made by Marion Marr. Uh-huh. And it was at the Line Hotel. It was this this mocha fudge cookie, and um, and so I contacted her and I was like, "You made this cookie. Can I talk to you about it?" And she let me interview her. That podcast never came out because I was like, "Oh, the thing that makes Song Exploder work is at the end you get to hear the song, and at the end you aren't going to get to eat this cookie. So how is this going to work? It just doesn't feel satisfying." But then um, I got asked by Pop Up Magazine if I would want to do some kind of like live thing. They were like, you want to do Song Exploder, something like a story from Song Exploder on stage? And I said, no, but what about, <laughs> I have this pilot episode of this uh, this cookie podcast. Could I do that on stage with the idea that you would give everyone in the audience this cookie? And then at the end, we could all eat this cookie together. And they said, yes. And so so I told this story and um, and this was... I did the original interview in like 2017 or something like that. And I, I started doing this story on stage with them in 2018. And so Dave, you're in the story. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I've been like saying your name as part of my like public performance when talking about Marion Mars history um, and how she used to work work for you. I miss Marion. She's she's one of the best. So that's that's very fun to hear. And I'm sorry you have to speak my name every time you go on stage. <laughs> But it goes to your question, Chris, because basically I was asking her, like, what was the demo version of this cookie? And she talked through all the different sort of iterations that she did and what didn't work and what 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 did work. Hmm. Dave, can you think of a because I know this happens in kitchens all the time. Like what like what what did she say her Rishi? What did she say? Her, like the demo version was? Was it like, well, she had mentioned a couple of cookies that she had that she was she had been inspired by and she wanted but she wanted to. um she wanted to do that kind of like brownie crackle top kind of thing in cookie form. Mm-hmm. And I remember she she talked about all the different ingredients that she tried. Like she wanted to have uh, some coffee flavor in it. But like even though she went super high end with all of the chocolate and the cocoa powder and stuff like that, she ended up using instant coffee to give it the coffee flavor instead of some high end coffee because it was like a more direct version of what your brain registers as coffee. Right. Right, because that tastes like coffee and not like sunsets over the Seine River or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> right. For sure. No, I think that podcast is, again, limited by your senses and the ability that you can't download food, right? Which makes food such a remarkable thing in culture, but also it's, it's limited in scope. Um, I got a quick little story about this. Uh, I got to know Paul McGinnis, the former manager of U2. And uh, remember when you two pushed out that Apple song that nobody wanted? Yeah. And then phone? you had to call Apple to get it removed from your phone. <laughs> I had to do this literally like a year ago. Right? I can't play this fucking U2 song. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, and I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking basically about the same thing, the limitations of food, right? And he's like, you could never do something like this. And music will always reach the masses way, way faster, way more people will be able to understand this than food. And that's just the nature of the beast. And I was like, I don't think that will ever happen where you're going to be able to all taste something simultaneously. I guess the only thing you could possibly say is I can get a McDonald's hamburger or something postmated by a national chain all over the world. But, you know, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about this, this very issue quite a bit. Like, how do you scale food? How do you scale this idea of food? And is it even something that you should be pursuing? So I yeah. guess I'm just envious of your, 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 your medium. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. I think that Song Exploder, not only, you know, do you get the payoff at the end, but it's also like, it's the ideal podcast in that way, right? It's like, it's all auditory and, you know, it's, it's sort of like perfectly digestible. Was it a challenge then? Like, was it, was it harder than you thought it would be? Or was it easier to translate it to television where now it's not just like something you're listening to, like you have to pay off the visual as well. Uh, it was hard and it was harder than I thought it would be. I thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be not that easy, but, um, but it ended up being even harder than that. Partly because I had certain ideas based on what my sense of what the podcast, like what worked best about the podcast that I brought into the room when, um, when I started working on the show with Morgan and Morgan pointed out like some flaws in my thinking and it took me a second to figure out how to you know accept that morgan likes to point out those flaws in our thinking <laughs> that's his, his great talent just point out the flaws in our, our our thinking yeah we probably spent a couple months at least just figuring out 
what the show would look and feel like before we ever made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit, and it's different than the podcast, clearly, because it's a visual, but it reminded me of um, a little bit like VH1 Behind the Music, but done well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Without the stupid animation, it's like done with an Oscar-winning director, all these things. So it's, it's a terrific show. So my wife and I enjoy it quite a bit. Oh, thanks a lot. So when you got in, so this thing that Dave and I are talking about, this, this sort of like fundamental like uh, ceiling on food media, right? Where yeah. unless you love food, or unless you've already tasted what we're talking about, or you have access to it, there's always this sort of limitation. Did you feel like you butt up against that at all when you got you, you started dipping into our territory here <laughs> without <laughs> cooking when you started doing the Samin? Like, you know, what did you think about that at all? Like, there's not, you know, this this payoff in the way that Song Exploder has? It felt like a totally different problem that needed to be solved um, with with home cooking because we weren't primarily trying, you know, we were talking about recipes and we were talking about dishes uh, and it's a, it was a food show, but it was primarily about um, trying to answer people's questions and give them ideas and suggestions. And because they were writing to us, you know, it would typically a question would come in and say like, I, you know, I went, all they had at the grocery store were, you know, canned white beans. I normally cook with black beans. What do I do? How do I do this. I have eight cans in my pantry and nothing else. Um, and, and so that kind of opens the door to, uh, be able to talk about food without expectation because it's already, it has like experimentation kind of built into it. It means also somebody who's so good at being able to articulate food ideas like so vividly. So, um, I relied on that a lot. You know, she's just, she, she's really, her language is so evocative, but, but we didn't have to worry about people being like, can you, can you specifically describe this uh, one dish? Because we were more talking about the ideas of of a dish. And really, that was also only kind of like 60% of the show. And the other 40% of the show was just um, trying to f- give something for people to listen to that felt uh, like food wasn't something to be anxious about, that ho- like cooking at home wasn't something to be anxious about in that moment when the pandemic started and, and, and it felt really scary. Yeah, we just wanted to make something that felt fun and light in the context of food. Dave and I recently have reached the end of our home cooking journeys. We've <laughs> lost all, all love for the act of it. Where are you <laughs> in your, your home cooking journey? Well, I found a new challenge in that um, my wife and I now are, are vegan here at home. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's been a slow transition. I was vegetarian for from when I was 14 till I was 28 or something like that, um, or longer even. Um, so I'm used to being vegetarian. My wife um, decided to go vegan last year, and now I've decided to join her on it. And so um, so I have to think about things in a new way. So it feels, I don't know if exciting is exactly the right word, um, because it, it, it does feel like the options are so limited, but it it's a good challenge, I think. Hmm. Uh, let me ask you a question pertinent to our, our main topic of discussion here, because Dave said we're doing a, a dinner music episode. Our first one was with our mutual friend Morgan. But uh, again, what we're trying to do with this series is talk a little bit about the kind of things you would do at a dinner party, the kind of music you would play, the vibe you're looking for, whether you're hosting it or attending it. But let me start you off with this. Now that you're vegan at home, 
are you vegan on the road? Are you vegan if you come over to my house for a dinner party? My wife w- would be, but for uh-huh. me, no. I like my my restrictions are sort of we're not gonna. I, I told her I was like we're not gonna make meat at home. I certainly didn't want to subject her to the idea of like I'm bringing meat into the house. But um, I already don't eat red meat. I, I haven't eaten red meat in yeah many 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 years. But if there was something, if you were like, I made this, it is incredibly special. You have to try it. I would be like, yeah, I'll try it. Let me ask both of you. Okay. From the perspective of somebody without dietary, you know, restrictions or without a specific diet, like Dave and myself, who are usually cooking the dinner, like Dave, how do you approach having a guest who's coming over who might be vegetarian or vegan or not, or, you know, not be able to eat dairy. And then Rishi, if you're going, if somebody's invited you over, and you know, like like you said, you're willing to 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 bend the rules if it's something really really special. But like, do you? Is it super annoying to come to my house and I've only made like an extra mushroom for you? <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had that experience at you know where it's like, oh, welcome. Everything is made of beef, <laughs> <laughs> right? Except for this mushroom here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's for you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then no, it's like, really okay. annoying, right? It's got to be. Like, what are yeah. the things that you mostly get when somebody who doesn't, who's cooking for you, what do you, what do they mostly make for you? Um, you mean if it's not just like I hear, here's an assorted side for you to have? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like in that, I'm just, I'm not talking about like somebody who actually knows how to cook vegetarian food, but like when you go over to a dinner party and somebody has obviously just like made a concession, oh, what yeah. do you end up with? And then Dave, what do you make? Yeah. Dave, you, you, you go first. I hate that feeling. Number one, when I'm not aware that someone has a dietary restriction. Secondly, what I really, really hate about myself, but also more (laughs) revealing about the person is when I found out after the fact they've consumed something that they normally don't eat and they didn't say anything. They immediately go into the pantheon of like people I I really admire, right? Um, (laughs) You do admire, you admire. I do, I do because it's like- It's the ultimate sacrifice. (laughs) Well, no, but it's also like, I think there's something admirable And I think it's how a lot of Buddhist monks go about getting their food. Not every like sect of Buddhism, but like if you go out and you get your food from a home and they give you something like you're supposed to eat it regardless. Right. I think that act of generosity, uh, if you're, you know, like trying to feed somebody, I think is a very pure act. But if you don't know, you know, you can't beat yourself up, but especially when somebody doesn't eat meat and then they eat meat and they don't say anything like it's happened a couple of times. I'm always like in awe because almost every single person that like that situation where someone says at the dinner table, oh, I don't eat this, whether it's at home or at a restaurant, it's extremely awkward, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't know what to do. And then you like have to give them a side of potatoes or rice or whatever. So someone always feels left out. And I hate that feeling. So I hate that. I think if somebody comes in and I do know ahead of time, I'll try to make something specifically for them. Or what I've been trying to do lately is everybody tries to eat the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll just Mm -hmm. make it, you know, where it doesn't seem like we're catering to one person. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially if somebody has like an allergy, right. I don't want to fuck with that. So Right. Everyone eats the same thing. But we've talked about this a little bit in the past too, because it's like if you're trying to do a big sort of like celebratory, you know, festive family style thing, right? It's a dinner party, you're making one big thing. I think that like Dave and I were struggling a lot to come up with it was for some show, Dave. We were talking about like, what do you make if you're having, you know, yep. like a vegetarian 
festive celebration meal. Because like our brains are trained to be like, okay, what kind of meat and how big is the thing that we're going to put in the center of the table? (laughs) You know, like it's super easy if you eat meat to come up with some big centerpiece. So, I mean, Rishi, what do you usually get? And then like, what, what should we, what is like a cool big celebratory thing like that would actually be vegan? Is there anything? Well, for for Thanksgiving, what we did was, I mean, now there's just such an incredible proliferation of like plant-based meat mm-hmm. substitutes that I think that makes things a lot easier. You can just be like, and that's that's sort of when you ask me like what where my home cooking head is at, that's basically what I've been doing. Like I I haven't cooked with beef ever really, you know. Um, but now because there's, you know, these like sort of plant-based beef products, I'm starting to try things like i just i tried to make you know like a like a um beef and broccoli style like a ground beef and broccoli style uh, rice bowl the other day with like ginger and garlic and soy sauce and miso and and uh that's like a i'd never cooked that before i've never really eaten it before either so um so i feel like you know i don't know if that counts as cheating but but no i think yeah no, it's it's extremely hard to make a centerpiece meal around something vegetarian that's not a roasted head of cauliflower, which is what you see a lot of, or like a roasted <laughs> maitake mushroom whole thing, right? Just right. making a big vegetable, you know, isn't isn't it? First of all, um, cooking a big vegetable is really hard. First of all, it's very like to cook a, like a giant celeriac properly is hard. And second of all, I think yeah, Dave, like it's like the meat mentality is like. Well, I guess I got to cook something big. There's <laughs> like a whole <laughs> cabbage. And it's just like, I don't know if it's the same thing. You right. know, I, so I grew up um, with my mom's cooking and she's ve- she was a vegetarian her whole life. And the Indian style way of, of cooking just isn't proportioned in that same way where there's like a big center thing mm-hmm. and then there's a side. It's sort of like, like when she would go all out, it's like, oh, there are five different things on the table and you make your little, you make your plate with a little bit of all of them. And, um, and some might be your favorite or whatever, but, but there wasn't, it, it sort of distributed equally around those different things. So everybody could kind of find something and and they would all be vegetarian. And so it never, and I never felt like anything was lacking because it was always all delicious. I think that's the, uh, uh, an Asian way of making vegetarian or vegan food, right? Particularly in Korean like I've stayed at Buddhist monks for for some time, and they, they eat extremely well. But it's like a ton of choices, right? Yeah. Uh, same with Japanese temple cuisine. It's so much. It's so much food, but it's never one one thing particularly. Can I ask one thing, Rishi? What, yeah. If you're eating plant based meat substitutes, and this is around the corner, we talked about it on our Hulu show, and I'm getting inundated with all of these inbounds from cultivated meat companies. Yeah. What, what's going to happen when, you know, you and your wife are presented the opportunity to eat, the genetics are from some rare cow, it's delicious beef, but it's more energy efficient, no, no, no environmental degradation, nobody died, there's, there's no slaughterhouse, it was just, you know, well, what happens then? Yeah, for me, uh, again, uh, um, we've actually, we've talked about this. We've even talked about just like the idea of like eggs. We used to eat a lot of eggs um, before before the conversion, and um, I think she, you know she had said she was like, if we had a couple of chickens like running around in our backyard, then she would be fine with it. It's really it's the, the fact that we can't control those conditions, and we know that even like free range or whatever, like that doesn't necessarily preclude um, animal cruelty. I think if there's something where it's like it's an entirely synthetic product that's made out of organic material. 
then yeah, that gets around the idea of, of what is probably the hardest thing to to deal with, with the, which is the idea that like a living creature suffered because of this. Yeah, I, I there th- that's the future. I have no doubt about it. That um, more and more people are going to be changing their diets, but I would also say that more people aren't going to notice the difference because you're going to have so many substitutes that are going to taste like the real thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but we should still know how to extract flavor from vegetables and fermentation. I didn't think we we're going to be talking about this today. Thanks a lot, Chris Yang. <laughs> <laughs> I can't predict what he's going to talk about. Let's <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's talk about the the subject that we all gathered here to talk about because because Rishi did uh, did a huge solid. You made a dinner party playlist. Yeah, and I am very intimidated about this because because you know Morgan has like this incredible encyclopedic knowledge of all music like in recorded history. And listening <laughs> to that episode, I was like, I can't talk about music in this way. <laughs> Yeah, but you can because like some of these people, some of the, the the musicians on there have been on Song Exploder. You had a little bit of a leg up, you know. You you had some inside stories, but we've we've talked to Dave about this before. Just sort of like Dave's got very specific ideas about the kind of music that sort of belongs in a restaurant and belongs at home while you're cooking or serve or, or or you know hosting people. Yeah, Rishi, what is the vibe you are trying to create with your dinner music playlist? I have some thoughts about the kind of vibe you're going to create. I think Dave okay. probably does too. What is your, what kind of vibe are you setting here? I think I, I want it to feel like people are coming into my home and it's, it feels like an exciting place and a um, c- very comfortable place. And also um, I want them to feel cool. I want them to feel like they're, there's cool stuff that they're being either exposed to or that they recognize. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to, I want to, <laughs> I'm laughing because when I listened to this, I was like, wow, I'm so uncool. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of these bands anymore. And it's, it, it's, I was like, listening, I was like, this is really good. Like, just not, and it just like makes you feel like it's upbeat. There's nothing like, there's no, down there's not they're just very different than the music that i would play at my restaurants uh or at home so i i was uh, extremely intrigued as to why you assemble this and and i know i know nothing about music now you used to know so much i, I love i love <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> I, so i failed entirely failed. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, he showed up at your house and he yeah. like, listened to the music and he looked at his clothes and he was like i gotta go that's that's really how i felt i was like wow this is extremely well constructed and, and thoughtful, and um, 
I was sense. like, my 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 thing, Rishi, uh, uh, is this is the sexiest dinner party I've ever been to. <laughs> Not in like a, not in like a, uh, 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 you know, like Marvin Gaye, like just like very obvious way. But I was just like halfway through this playlist. I was like, I think I'm going to take my shirt off. <laughs> I think I'm going to fucking go for it. I think I'm going to go for it. Let me see. I actually took notes. It was, it was actually only three songs in. It was Ferris wheel. And I was like, it's time. I'm going to take my shirt off. <laughs> it's time to eat. I feel good about this. Uh, will you take us through? some of the highlights here some talk to talk to us about some of your choices here yeah i mean i'll also say a lot of times the way that i think about the way that i make a playlist because i i it's something i really really enjoy i used to dj and i really like the idea of like setting a mood through music even in a context like that where i know you know most people are probably aren't gonna pay attention for most of it um but because of i've done it so much usually the way that i do it now is like i'll start i'll just start with a song that i feel like this is the song i know the mood that i'm going for what's the, my first instinct and i reach for one song and then based on that song i try and i try and just uh pick the next song based on the first song and then the next song based on that so that i can feel like i'm drawing an arc that that feels you know continuous and and, and kind of makes sense and so you don't really like know this is a question yeah did you have, so I, I, as I was listening to this whole playlist, I listened to it with my wife start to finish. And I was like, I feel like it's playing out a whole dinner party here. I feel like you were doing a progression through the meal, right? It's like cocktails yeah. in the beginning and then kind of more. And then there was like a period at the end where I was like, oh shit, everybody's drunk. And we're starting to say some serious stuff to each other here. Like when, when like the Black Panther song comes on and all the stars, I was like, I'm telling, I'm, I'm saying something serious to a friend. And then there's definitely a part where somebody starts lighting joints and then there's a part where you're just like shooing people out the door. Were you creating a a whole arc, like narrative arc to this list? Yeah. I mean, I wanted it to feel, you know, I think the dinner party playlist feels a lot like the way I used to think about mixtapes is that, you know, which is that, yeah, it should have an arc. It should have, it should, you know, right away you should be like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm excited. I want to know what's next. And then you kind of carry that energy through, then you build up and then you can let bring people down um, towards the later half. I mean, not bring them down, but you know what I mean? You can change the energy a little bit. That's my playlist. It's just to bring them down. <laughs> just bring them down at the end. Bring them down. I mean, seriously though, I mean, at the, okay. I mean, do you want to talk about some specifics here or, or sure. do you want us to just pick some favorites? Oh yeah. You, why don't you go ahead and pick? Well, I mean, <laughs> I definitely felt like when Peppers and Onions came on, I was like, this is when the vibe changes a little bit. Uh -huh. Definitely, this is when people started smoking pot <laughs> around the dinner table. And then the last couple of songs, I, I mean, this feels weird. And maybe Dave, you do you, do you have this too? Like, I was like, this is good dishwashing music. <laughs> this is like everybody's gone, and I'm still playing the playlist. I'm listening to I'm. I'm I'm a, I was like playing through the whole thing in my head. I was like, oh, I'm washing dishes to can't fight. And then this like Natalia Lafourcade song. I was like, oh, I'm definitely How taking many of these artists did you know? Me? I knew yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and, and I can tell you what I really appreciated about this. What I think makes actually great restaurant music. None of it sounded familiar to me, but it all sounded good. Mm -hmm. Right? That's and great. And I think this is actually... Uh, one of the keys to great music at home, particularly at home, 
and it overlaps with what makes a great restaurant music because if the song like that scene from Almost Famous where everyone's singing Elton John is the yeah. worst situation you want in a restaurant or at home <laughs> where it's so familiar that it takes people out of their conversation, takes people out of the zone when they're eating, right? You don't want that at all. I hate it. But you want it to sound good and you want it to be well constructed. And I think all of these songs, you know, even though their range of emotions, I thought it was extremely, for so, I've made so many fucking playlists. I thought this was an extremely well put together playlist. So I, 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 I thank you. Oh, thanks, Dave. I, I, and I think, you know, there's this other part of it, like you said, Chris, like a lot of these people have been on Song Exploder. And part of that for me is even before, before the podcast, just like trying to include things that I felt like I had some kind of connection to or some kind of story about. So that if, if there's ever a moment where someone's like, oh, this is really nice. What is this? I could tell them the name of the artist and the song, but also tell them like one thing about, about them or something like mm-hmm, that. So that mm-hmm. it felt like it they would associate it with that night and and um that feeling you know as, later if they come back to the song do you want that like what dave is saying though do you want with a playlist at home are you if, especially if you put like a bunch of time into curating it and you and you like personally know all of these musicians do you want there to be a few moments where people stop and say like damn rishi what is this this is a great song yeah yeah what a great feeling it's like i yeah. love it sure where'd you get it it's the same type of dopamine effect <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i wish i wish to someday experience either one of those things <laughs> somebody please stop me to compliment something i've done there's like there's some part it's not the entire part of it by any means it's a small slice of it but there's some part of song exploder that comes out of the feeling of me getting some excitement of being able to introduce somebody to to somebody to a song that they are going to love but they don't know yet. Mm-hmm. What about like the feeling that I just had when you know talking about your playlist? I was like, wow, this is much better than I could ever do. When you when you interview somebody, you're like, oh man, they're so goddamn talented. Like it pisses me off just talking to this person. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris and I feel right now. <laughs> I mean, there there are definitely, uh, you know, there are singers on the show where I just, I, you, I can't believe what I'm listening to, especially, you know, soloing their vocal stem and you just hear their voice and you're like, there's no amount of training or practice or whatever that anyone can do to do this. Like, that is just a gift that you have and it's not fair but um, but it's wonderful that like you get to that you're sharing it with everybody. But some you know it's like it's just like watching somebody do an incredible dunk as somebody who's you know under six feet, and you're like, great, that's amazing. I'll never be able to do that. <laughs> right. But uh, it doesn't really make me mad because it just sort of feels like it was never it was never possible anyway. <laughs> but what about say some of your peers that produce music, right? Um, yeah. That you're like, wait, like what the fuck. How, how? Why? I <laughs> yeah, mean, I mean, I get that. I have that feeling all the time. But I, <laughs> it's, um, I don't get mad at them. I get mad a little at myself, and and then, but I also also try and be like, okay, this means that like I'm I've been exposed to like new heights that are possible. I got to figure out a way to get there, get to my version of that. Mm-hmm. Take us through some of your highlights of your playlist, Rishi. Okay. Um, Let's see. Well, so so the first song is a song Syncopate by Michelle. I can't stop for more than a minute. It's 
ish band. Um, I think they're so cool. They're it's it's uh, four young women and two young men who are um, who are making stuff that reminds me of like '90s and Vogue kind of R and B. I'm I, th- I think their their stuff is really exciting and. That's like, I, I like starting off with something like that because that was the first feeling, you know, when you said dinner party playlist, I was like, oh, what's the feeling that I would want at the dinner party? This song that I just heard recently, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to start with. Um, and it's a band that I think, I think they're probably going to be pretty big um, and they aren't yet. And so I get, you know, you get to have a little bit of a early adopter kind of moment of being like, hey, listen to this. You're going to hear about them more. Yeah. These guys are going to be big. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of that Back to the Future line where Chuck Berry's cousin calls him. He's like, "Never mind, I'm not gonna see the invitation." Uh, this was like one of the songs in the in the top of this where I was like, "This is I feel pumped. I feel pumped yeah. for this evening. I'm ready to go. I'm excited." And this song, like, it's this thing where like I've also you know I've played your playlist a bunch of times. And like, not every time I get through the entire playlist, but because it's at the top of the list, I've heard this so many times, and this is an absolutely absolute earworm. It's just completely stuck in my brain. Yeah. Uh, what else, what else do we love? Um, so that kind of set, you know, set the tone for like what the tempo at the beginning of the playlist is. And, and also just like, there's, um, there's so many sections of it where it's just like basically just drums. And, uh, and I, I, I think that's a really fun thing too in, in a dinner party setting, because you can, you can kind of groove out to a little bit. It, it's sort of a little hypnotic. It fades into the background while still keeping the energy up. And then the, like, the notes come in, the song comes in, or the melody comes in, and you realize like the the thing that you've been feeling sort of in the back of your head moves to to the front of it a little bit. So um, so that kind of set the tone for things. I love this song "Point and Kill" by by Little Sims. Yeah. Point and kill, you can't stop me. Oh, you can't stop me. Huh. Do as I want, I do as I like. I no watch face, I no fear nobody. This uh. <laughs> I'm reading my insane notes where I was not completely sober writing these, but I said, little Sims, I'm so pumped to eat. <laughs> it's like a jock jam <laughs> for dinner. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Dave, did you know, did you know little Sims before? I honestly have no idea most of these bands and it made me really sad because I used to know everything so much about music especially at momofuku we would have so many musicians come in open kitchen you you develop relations and especially touring musicians i i didn't know anything and it just shows you that i'm a i'm a dad now and i'm so uncool and that's what made me so sad (laughs) (laughs) did you see did either of you see uh the venom the sequel to venom let there be carnage can i tell you i haven't because it scares me <laughs> yes. You know what's messed up is he was Venom scares me. Rishi, he was giving us a total olive branch there, just like let me give these two idiots some low hanging fruit. They're like I'm sure they've seen all the comic book movies, and like the one that we haven't seen is the stupid Venom sequel. You, you could... feel the same way, right? Venom's a little yeah, Venom's scary. super scary, man. He's yeah. like talking to him all the time, just like I'm hungry. They're like I can't, I can't. And is this in there? Is Little Sims in the soundtrack? Yeah, she, she, she's in. She's actually on screen in the movie. Oh, crazy! Yeah. Uh, well, tell us a little bit more about Little Sims so we can go and relay it to our friends when we inevitably play this playlist. Well, so so my wife Lindsay is also a. Um, she is sort of my test subject for a lot of my playlist uh, um, choices because, like, I tend I listen to a, a pretty 
wide range of things. And a lot of what I listen to is not dinner playlist <laughs> material. Like it's oh. really not appropriate. It's, you know, I listen to a lot of like abrasive and, and heavy stuff and a lot of like really, really sad, uh, quiet stuff. Um, and, and sometimes when I'm thinking about, you know, since we're married and she's going to be a part of the dinner party as well, <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying to, uh, think about what she might like, like, what do I like that she also likes? And so she's sort of the first person who I tend to test things out on. I'll, I'll be like, Hey, do you like the song? Do you like the song? Whether it's for a playlist or not, you know, even if I'm not making a, even if I'm not making a playlist right that second, I'm kind of always making a, a running playlist in my head. Mm-hmm. But my, my wife is a very, she's a designer. She's a very visual person. And so a lot of times what I've noticed is like, I'll play her a song and she'll be like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's good. Yeah, I guess. And then I will be like, actually, the song has a great music video. And later I will play her the music video. And she's like, I love this. And I'm like, I already played you this song. <laughs> and you, you know, now because the video is really good, I know. Um, so now I kind of, when I see a great music video for a great song, I'm like, it goes into my head. It's like, I have to play this for, for Lindsay. And uh, I know she's going to love it. And so this song, Point and Kill by Little Sims, was one that falls under that category. The music video is incredible, beautiful. It looks like it, it looks like a '70s piece of cinema, um, and uh, so I, I highly, highly recommend people watch the video too. And so I played that for for Lindsay, and she was like, "This is amazing!" And now she loves this song. There you go. What else we got on here? Well, Ferris wheel. I mean, it's <laughs> going to make you take your shirt off. Ferris wheel by Sylvanesso. <laughs> When I'm slamming in my dancing shoes, asphalt's hot and my knees are bruised. It's a summer got a lot to prove. Can't wait to do it, can you? Now! I love this band. Um, they were on Song Exploder, and they're incredibly sweet people and incredibly talented. And um, they met because it was actually, I, I well, actually, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this this totally right, but Amelia Meath was um, was touring with another group that she's in mountain man, which is sort of like more of like a folk kind of, um, uh, trio of, of ladies. And they were on tour with Feist as Feist's sort of like backing vocalists, as well as opening act. And oh. through that, she met her, her now partner in Sylvanesso and in life, um, Nick Sanborn. And then they started making this music where he was doing this like super electronic production. And then she was doing her kind of singer songwriter stuff over it. And, um, they're amazing. I think again, if I'm gonna, the way I got Lindsay excited uh, by them is to play her their Tiny Desk concert, their NPR Tiny Desk concert, because even it's even though it's just a two piece, and one of them is literally just twiddling knobs um, for 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 his part of the performance, it is captivating and super charismatic. They they're both really really charming, and Amelia has so much charisma. Uh, that even in that sort of strange context of like the NPR office where they perform, it's just, you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm watching a star. Yeah. See, and like, like I, I wasn't wrong. There's like a, an actual real life couple behind this. There's like a real quality of <laughs> sexual tension here. You know, I was like picturing it's <laughs> dinner party where I've set up two friends, two strangers, and they've locked eyes as this song is playing. And I'm like, it's on. We did it. Dinner party is a success. It's amazing. Nobody Davis. wants to see you with your shirt off. So we should never play that song. <laughs> Spotify should delete the song. <laughs> so this never happens. <laughs> Dave's nightmare used to be like everyone singing along to the music. Now it's just guests taking their shirts off in the in the dining room. Uh, 
talk a little bit about sort of the back end of the playlist as like I I really do think you set a sort of like a mood change as you know like the food is 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 done being served. Actually, what are you serving at your dinner party, Rashid? What is at this dinner party? I was trying to imagine the food we're eating here. Yeah. Oh gosh, I was not prepared for for mm-hmm. this uh, part. Way to go, Chris. Way to go. <laughs> I'm trying to set him up, dude. He's she's honing in on our food space, and I had to throw some food questions as curveballs. Um, I'm going to say uh, I want to do like a. a pumpkin curry like a like a t- sort of thai pumpkin curry coconut <laughs> milk and uh and like a little spicy and um oh, green damn. beans and green peppers and something like that that would yeah. be the, that would be the star wow well at least you're not a vegan that doesn't eat spicy food that would that would that would be that would be tough that's the one line i draw if i'm yeah. gonna cook for somebody it's like you don't eat spice either we can't be friends <laughs> I mean, for so long, my life as a vegetarian was just f- trying to find vegetarian things that could be a vehicle for for spice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I'm like, that's not. It's just a thing. It's some form of, you know. Before a lot of these plant based alternatives were good, it was just like, well, what's this cardboard disc uh, gonna be? What sauce is gonna go on this? <laughs> it's a good time to be alive for vegetarians. I feel like I feel twenty years ago. It was rough. It was rough eating. It's a good time to be alive if you want to eat things that are not alive. It's a hey. Well, that's a hey. Some, you should trademark that. Some some <laughs> some meat alternative company is going to take that. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I feel that there is some overlap with, with Morgan's playlist, even though it's not electronic. There are some of the songs here that have an electronic beat, but that sort of. Craftwork is one of the best bands to play, I think, for 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 dinner parties is something that Morgan said and all the sort of spin-offs of Craftwork. And that's sort of how I felt about a lot of the the songs too. That that I I it sounds good. Again, that sounds I don't even know how to explain this. It sounds good, but I I don't know what it, it is, but I like it. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best compliment I could give for the dinner dinner playlist. Mm-hmm. Talk talk to us about the the song because first of all you've had you put out a song at the end of last year that featured Yo Yo Ma. Tell us a little bit about the song and also what does it mean in this like modern age? Like again, Dave and I are dads. We don't remember. We don't know anything about like cool music anymore. Like what does it what does it mean to like put out a song on a certain day now? Like what is going to happen? This is my first time putting out new music in sort of like the streaming age where you know this stuff is only coming out digitally. I had a really long period of writer's block, um, and and that was when I was making Song Exploder. So it's been it's been a really long time for me. But one thing I'm I'm realizing is, yeah, people put out individual songs, and you can do that. You can just sort of like release a single digitally. But there's so much music, and um, so many people are doing that. It takes a lot to kind of um, get anybody's attention. So it's not kind of an, it's kind of not enough to just put out a song. You have to also put out a music video. So there's like a music video that that's coming out as well. And then, you know, COVID willing, I'm supposed to go on tour. And so the, the tour dates are coming out um, at the same time. So it's kind of like, you have to take, you have to be really um, specific about how you put stuff out, you know, with the chance of trying to get people to care. So last year, you know, when the, the track with Yo-Yo Ma came out, it was the same thing. It was like, here's a song. Also, here's a music video if you want to do that. And also that the TED Talk that I was talking about, that came out the same day because was, in it, when I talked a little bit about making a song, it was that song with Yo-Yo Ma. And so it was kind of like, rather than put those out at different times 
through the year, you kind of just have to drop them all and hope that it's enough that somebody's going to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I both songs are beauties, man. I, I, laid, I was like, I, I laid there on my kid's bed, staring at the ceiling, listening to both of these in there and was just feeling so happy to be listening to both of these. Is your, is a, is a Rishi tour? If you get, if you tour, are you touring it as like purely as a musician or is it like a whole featuring your many talents on stage? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually going on tour with my friend, uh, Jenny, um, Jenny Owen Youngs, who is somebody who I wrote a bunch of songs with. Um, and she's also, um, the host of a podcast. She has a, a really great podcast called Buffering the Vampire Slayer um, <laughs> that she's been doing for, for years, going episode by episode through Buffy the Vampire Slayer, sort of the way that, that I, Josh and I did West Wing. Um, and so we're, we're going to go on tour together and we're going to play all the songs together. Like we're basically like a, performing my songs and her songs as a duo in one set. And, um, and with the hope that maybe some people who know us from our podcasts might enjoy it too, there's probably going to be a lot more storytelling in the in the evening than um than if it were just sort of a pure concert where there's a little bit of banter you know maybe it's just like song 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 a little bit of banter song 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 it's going to be uh <laughs> a lot more um of the two of us sort of telling the stories behind the songs as we tell the story as we play them can you let the audience know some of the cities that you're planning to hit for for touring so people can check it out yeah um we're gonna we're going to be in Philadelphia and DC and um, we're playing in upstate New York in Socrates and, um, and in Brooklyn and in Boston and in Maine. That's in, in March. And then later in May, we're going to play in um, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco and LA. Amazing. Count me in. <laughs> assuming, assuming, you're assuming not that... cool enough when you go to the show here's the thing no it's Chris is gonna, gonna... <laughs> you can't take your shirt off Chris is gonna come up on stage with his shirt off that's the real draw but he's gonna be your hype guy yeah <laughs> I mean if the mood strikes please let's not just assume that your music is gonna make me take my shirt off come on <laughs> well listen I, I am so appreciative because um, the, the playlist how long did it take you to come up with? I mean, I spent a couple days on it. Yeah, that's, I feel like you put a lot of work into this, and I, <laughs> I, I really, I could tell, and I, I'm extremely thankful, and and um, I'm so glad that you could join us on the podcast, and um, just stop doing too many cool things because you're making Chris and I feel <laughs> extremely inadequate. Um, that's so nice of you to say. I'm I've been a fan for so long. It's such a thrill for me to be here. Well, that was our podcast with Rishi Kesh, Hairway, multi-talented. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Too talented. A tour, so check, check. Yeah. She's got to settle down. <laughs> settle down. <laughs> Song Exploder podcast, Netflix show, um, his band. He's, he's dropping a new song with Jay Som called Home. That's come, that came out yesterday. Um, give us five stars. And uh, apologies if this podcast veered into vegan a conversation too much. I blame Chris Yang. Wait, but wasn't it weird? It felt like the first time you like <laughs> we were just both so enraptured by well, the fact that we were what? talking I, to I, a I, vegan. Just, We've never spoken to here's a vegan. The, here's the issue. I wish I had the strength to do what he does, <laughs> <laughs> like across the board. Yeah, and his <laughs> and his wife. It's like I cry at this shit too. Yeah, I cry. 
when I watch documentaries <laughs> and about the plight of this world, but my stomach <laughs> is too strong. <laughs> my desire to eat things, there's a, you know, things can be mutually exclusive. I, I, I totally am supported, but I'm also conflicted because it's, it's, it's just like, you know, what tastes delicious is oxtails. Raised oxtails. <laughs> can I, can I ask you something actually along those lines? I was thinking about this today, that, that sort of push and pull of two different urges you have today. I was like looking at some food that my kids, we had to order for my kids and they didn't eat it. And I, you know, I'm like you, I hate wasting food, but I also didn't like eating this thing. <laughs> do you ever have that? Like, do I hate wasting food or I hate this food more? And which one is going to win? Like, I need to Again, eat I this thing. I think you can hate both simultaneously, <laughs> equally. But if you hate wasting so, food more than you hate eating it, then you have to eat the food. I do think one of those challenges should be for us is how do we, how do we take on a diet that is not a diet per se, but like, like I really, I, you've probably heard me say this on this podcast a lot. I admire the Jewish faith quite a bit for a variety of reasons, not just the philosophy, blah, blah, blah. But I also admire, uh, the kosher diet of no shellfish, no pork, not because of that, but I admire my friends that are like adamant that they never deviate from that. And I think that discipline is extraordinary. And it, I think it's something that you can like build their life around. So I don't know if I will ever be able to do vegan or vegetarian, but I think like one of the things I think for the new year resolution is adopting something. Right. Yeah. I agree. And it could be just eating more fucking meat. I, I <laughs> <laughs> there you found it. Something, anything, <laughs> anything with some goal in mind from this rudderless existence that I live. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said something. give us five stars however you rate this podcast and if you have any 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 goals including eating more meat anything at all send them in we'll we'll, we'll try to we'll try to do it <laughs>